listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. We're back on Money Talk. I'm Andrew Work. And in Your Money Today, Carolyn Wright continues her series of back-to-basics discussions, this time looking at how to personalize your portfolio. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. Today, we're going to continue our discussion on getting back to basics with investing. Now, last time we looked at asset classes. Let's move on to making an investment in them. I'm joined again by Stephanie Yuan, Managing Director and Head of Hong Kong at Endowus, which is a digital wealth management platform. And she's going to guide us through everything. Thanks for coming in again, Stephanie. Thanks, Carolyn. Hi, everyone. In an earlier chat, we talked about the importance of assessing your personal risk tolerance. So let's talk about how you can go about choosing a set of assets that are complementary in terms of performance in order to balance risk versus return. I do want to reiterate the point that I made earlier on why it's important to go back to the basics again, to think about what is the goal or what is the purpose of your investment so that you can really curate the right investment mix for your goal. Going back to what we talked about, if you are planning for retirement, it's a long-term planning, long, sort of very far away uh, for myself. I'd imagine I have to work for quite a few years. Then you probably would be able to sort of endure a bit more risk. Then maybe you can sort of put in a mix of portfolio of assets that are slightly more risky, slightly more of a long-term horizon. We talked about different asset classes last week. So for me, I want to be able to maximize sort of the long-term horizon to ride out the different cycles and get the maximal returns for my retirement. So I probably could consider putting in equities or even the illiquid alternative asset classes that we talked about because I don't need this money immediately. But let's say if you're a retiree and sort of the purpose of the investment is that, oh, you need some recurring cash flow for your daily, monthly cash flow needs, then you have to think about what is the right mix of asset classes that can produce that kind of returns for you. You can think about what we talked about last time, fixed income. It can give you dependable coupon payments from the bonds. You can consider high dividend stocks that pay out dividends regularly to help you to cover those recurring expenses that you have. So again, going back to basics, how you come up with your uh, investment mix, you really have to think about what is the purpose of your investment and what you're trying to achieve with this pot of money. Another thing that you mentioned last time in our discussion was how certain products tend to be aimed towards more high net worth individuals. Let's talk now about the barriers of getting involved in investing. So the basics, the fees and taxes that investors need to be aware of that they might need to have to pay when they are investing in various products. Can you run us through some of those? Yes, fees are actually very important. And I'm actually surprised that most of us are not paying as much attention to fees as we should be. Because if you think about investing, and we all know about the power of compounding of returns. But if you think about it, on the flip side, if you're investing in something that has high fees, 
fees can also compound. And our team ran some statistics. And if you really start putting things onto paper and into numbers, it might really come to shock you. If you have a long-term investment horizon and you do think about things in terms of compounding, let's say on average you make a on average six percent return on a. 20 to 25 year、uh, horizon, but let's say if you pay two percent on fees, and that two percent actually erodes your return by almost 40 percent over 25 years, and this is the quote unquote miracle of compounding on the flip side. So I think Carolyn, you rightly mentioned, is very important to be aware of different types of fees and costs that we might have to pay when we make an investment. So let's say if you invest in a fund, sometimes the platforms or what we call distributors, they might charge you a subscription fee. But recently, I think there are new platforms that. Are up and coming that have sort of pushed down fees and have eliminated such、uh, subscription fees for products such as insurance or other more complex products. They're actually very intransparent and it's bundled within the products, and there can be commissions or what we talk about trailer fees that's embedded in these products. So I think Carolyn, you you rightly mentioned when we make investments, it's very important to pay attention to the fees and the cost. But going back to what we talked about, the barriers. As a layman, as someone who has a full-time job, I think the biggest barrier and sort of trying to figure out the fees is is part of this: is how do I have the time and effort and the resource to do all the research to figure out what is the right investment product for me, which investment product is the most cost-effective, and then I think the most important part, and I think the most difficult part, I find is even if I've invested in time to. Find the best fund or the best stock to invest in. You have to monitor. Things might change very quickly, and if you don't monitor it, you you might realize, oh, that company that you invested a year ago might look very different. So I think increasingly, I think for people that are busy, that are professionals, that that don't have the time and the resource to to do this, they're increasingly looking for professional help, such as financial advisors, such as wealth advisors, to help them. To assist them to sort of overcome these barriers, I think a big question many of us would like to ask is: Should we prioritize paying off our debts? You know, a lot of us we've got loans or credit cards or or even a mortgage. Where where should our priorities be in terms of paying those off compared to investing? I think that's a very timely question because for the past decade, we basically lived in a world that was of very low interest rate environment, and I personally was also very shocked because I have a mortgage. I remember middle of last year, HIBOR in Hong Kong was not even two percent. At the end of December, at the height, the three-month LIBOR was close to five percent, which was more than double. So the, you would see your interest payments, your mortgage payments would increase as a result. So I think it is the right time to really think about what is your asset liability mix, how you should think about your debt. 
it really depends on your personal circumstances. But a general rule, I think people would sort of guide you in terms of giving you some personal finance advice is you should really prioritize paying back or paying down high interest bearing debts. Because if you don't pay back those, you can be charged a lot of interest as a result of increasing interest rates as well. But should you delay investments just because you have debt? I think there are exceptions, such as long sort of term schedule debt, such as mortgage. Mortgage uh, for most of us easily can be 20, 25, 30 years. If you're thinking, oh, I'm not going to start investing until I pay down my debt, then it means you're never going to start investing because your mortgage is 30 year long, right? So um, I think mortgage is probably something of an exception um, that it shouldn't deter you from starting investing just because you have a mortgage, but just make sure that you stress test your personal circumstance, that your mortgage payments, you can afford them even uh, with recent increases in the interest rates and make sure that you are in a healthy state. Let's do one last question for today's session. And you talked earlier about diversity in terms of asset classes, but let's think of diversity across industry sectors or geographies and blue chip versus small cap stocks. Is this all something that you need to research very carefully before you decide to invest in any? And should you be taking on a mix? I think it was the famous Nobel laureate who once mentioned that diversification is probably the only free lunch in finance. And it's really sort of really true. If we think about what we just experienced in the past couple of years, I'm sure we've all heard about growth versus value. For the longest time, growth stocks, whether it's Tesla, whether it's the dot-com tech stocks, they were doing very well. And for the longest time, everyone thought, oh, these are sure bets. But in the past year, as we mentioned, interest rates went up and it really affected these high-flying growth stocks. And as a result, recently, um, value stocks have uh, outperformed growth stocks in the uh, near term. And that's why it's important to have a diversified portfolio unless you're a professional fund manager who has time to 24-7 monitor and pick out the sort of winners that you identify and know when to rotate out of different styles. I think we've all heard about don't put all your eggs into one basket. As we said, right, at different points in times, different sort of stocks would do well. Growth stocks might underperform, but if you have value stocks, it will help balance it. Again, um, Caroline, you mentioned uh, large stocks versus small cap stocks. Again, these through sort of historical data, we've seen that they actually also balances out at different periods. These different types of assets perform differently at different times and it actually helps you to balance out your portfolio. So again, I'm saying if you're someone who is not a professional and who just wants to go home at night and spend time with your family and friends and not have to worry about your portfolio, having a diversified portfolio will really help you with a good night of sleep because you know even if one stock or one sector goes down, other parts of your portfolio will be able to balance it out. Thank you so much again. That's Stephanie Yuan, Managing Director and Head of Hong Kong Endowers. She'll be back next week and we're going to talk about investing in difficult economic times.